If fear is the only thing stopping us from achieving our dreams, and we only fear what we don't understand, then the antidote to fear is knowledge. All we have to do is find out who has the knowledge that we need to conquer our fears and achieve our entrepreneurial dreams. My name is Callum Walker, and welcome to the podcast that will help you figure it out and conquer this lonely entrepreneurial journey. So I've just come out to speak to all of you guys on here. It was beautiful and sunny, and now all of a sudden, rain. Oh, well. Oh, well. Fortunately, I mean, it's bloody freezing in April, but fortunately, I've been, uh, I mentioned this the other, the other day, actually, but I've been doing my uh, cold water therapy. I'm about four months in now, and it's had a huge impact on my ability to tolerate temperature. So, like, my hands are quite cold at the moment. And I've always um, really struggled with cold hands. I've always been a little bit of a pussy when it comes to like being cold to the point of actually um, <laughs> me and my partner, we actually had a three hour argument once genuinely because I was cold. That was it. And I mean, in all fairness, it was her own fault. Like, hopefully she's not listening to this, but it was her own fault because we were out and about. And it was like minus two. I've got about a thousand layers on. She knows that I'm a real pussy when it comes to the cold. Yeah, I was just like, look, can we just go inside, go inside? And anyway, my point is that I've really noticed my ability to tolerate colder temperatures has really, really improved. Um, and uh, I think Wim Hof talks about this quite a lot around just enhanced circulation. Um, so from like, you know, the, the cold exposure almost kind of forces your body to improve its own uh, circulation in that sense. And I've certainly noticed that. Um, and I've also certainly noticed an enhancement in cognitive performance. Again, I would potentially put that down to probably one, the change in state that it um, allows me to experience, but then also um, potentially enhance blood flow to the brain. So that wouldn't surprise me. Um, But anyway, a couple of things I want to talk about today. I think the number one thing, which has been a topic that with a lot of my coaches within my program, it's come up quite a lot. And it's really been the the main source of discussion that we've been, um, you know, kind of like speaking about and working on, which is doing the work you want to do with the people you want to do it with. Um, And that's been huge because um, I found with myself that like for a long period of time, um, I was doing work that I was extremely good at. And I only kind of focused on doing work I was really good at. So my point was I was a sports nutritionist, working with athletes, um, helping people lose weight. Um, So I thought the only people that I could work with was people who who wanted to lose weight or enhance their performance. Now, the thing was, I was exceptionally good at it. Like, I got amazing results with them. I had a brilliant program. But did it set my soul on fire? No. Um, I... I liked it, but really what I realized was that I hadn't created a business, I'd actually created a job for myself. So although I was self-employed, that's what I was. I was employed by myself, so I was still actually an employee. I was just an employee of my own company, which really was just, I just created a job. And actually, I'd kind of made it even harder for myself because... um, I also had to go out and find customers. So at least if like, you know, I was working in the NHS or for a sports club, I was guaranteed work and I was guaranteed money. Whereas with this, I wasn't. 
Um, so my point was that like, you know, I'd created a job, which I was very, very good at, but it didn't set my soul on fire. I was like, oh, I just always felt this internal tug towards, there's got to be more to this. Like I'm capable of so much more. Surely this isn't how I'm going to live my life for the rest of, well, for the rest of my life. Um, and I think my point with where I'm going at with this was that for a long period of time, I'd almost, um, accepted that that was the only future that was available to me, that what I've always done, I'm always going to do. Um, and I got to a point as well where I was like, right, I need to change this. I really need to change this because this isn't what I feel like I'm meant to do. So my point is the biggest thing that I did was I changed up the who. I changed up the who. Who am I working with? And ever since I changed that up, everything has changed. But more importantly, the person who I changed it to, one of the biggest challenges that I used to face when I was working with people, helping them lose weight, was I was extremely good at it. But, well, that could sound a bit arrogant. Yeah, can we get it? You were good at it. We understand. But I was actually. But my point was I was very good at it, but I always struggled to relate to these people. You know, that like I would be as, I tried to be as empathetic as I could. But, and, and I was almost kind of driven to help them out of a sense of, well, they were paying me as opposed to actually have this unbelievable desire to want to help them at an incredible level. And I think my point was that like, and I realized that I'd never been overweight before. I'd never been overweight. I, you know, I'm an incredibly driven person. I don't really put excuses in front of myself. I understand that if I want to get something, I've got to do things I've never done before. So my point was that I found that a lot of the people I was working with, I struggled with the values and I couldn't really fully relate to myself with them. Whereas now I switched up who my target market was, um, is, and I changed up who my, my dream customer is. And it's me. It's me three, four, five years ago. My point being that it's a, it's a coach who's, you know, in two positions, one of two positions, either one, they're in a position where they're doing the work that they love, but they just can't quite seem to get an amazing result for these people. And they want to really become the best person that they can. Or in the second category of that they can get great results for people, but this thing isn't quite setting their soul on fire. It's not making their, you know, their heart beat fast and get excited about it and have this unbelievable passion and thirst to drive forward. And it's not quite their life's calling. And the reason why I relate so much to those people is because I was in that same situation. So then it kind of gets away from the stuff that I'm teaching isn't necessarily stuff that I've just learned in a book and I'm regurgitating. A lot of it is actually speaking from my own life lessons, which also means that creating content is so much easier because I'm actually just expressing my own life lessons. That I'm expressing the pain that I used to go through. I'm expressing the, the pleasure that I've now um, you know, been able to receive off the back of having a business which just makes me so fulfilled and so happy. So I think one of the biggest changes is if you feel like you're you're a bit stuck, you're kind of questioning the direction in which you're looking to go. You almost feel like a bit of a slave. You feel chained to your business, chained to your clients. Is really asking, does the person who I'm working with fill me with energy or do they take energy away from me? That like, you know, I'm in a position now where every single client that I have booked in, I have a call with them, it excites me. It doesn't take from me. I don't have a sense of dread, which I used to have with some of them. Don't get me wrong, some of my clients were beautiful people. 
Like, and I used to adore working with them, but it was only a small portion. And it's funny because one of my coaches who I work with, um, he's an amazing coach. He's, he has come on leaps and bounds. Um, we, uh, I was with him. I spent a whole day helping him working on his coaching business. And, uh, and we got to the point where we went through all of his clients and he was like, yeah, out of all of them, I only actually really love 8%. So that meant that 92% of the clients he was working with took energy away from him. And where it came from really was that he struggled to relate to them. I can't really relate. So my point with that is that if you're in a position where you are feeling maybe a little bit stuck, questioning where you're going with this whole thing and maybe feeling a bit zapped of energy or burnt out, switch up the who. Secondly, which is then the most important thing, which is even if you've got the who sorted, you've got the who bang on, yeah, you can then still create a job for yourself. You can still find yourself burnt out. You can still find that, right, okay, I'm working with amazing people who I absolutely adore, but still be burnt out and cooked and feel like a bit of a slave and chained to them. And that comes from asking this one big question, which is what is the life that I want to live? The life, not the business I want to create. And, and I came to this sort of realization off the back of, I was at a point where, you know, I was working with the people that I really wanted to work with. I adored them. They excited me. I was doing the work I really wanted to love. Uh, sorry, that I really loved and I really wanted to do. But the, the problem I'd got to was I was like, I was constantly tired, burnt out, uh, almost like on this treadmill. And I got overly obsessed now, I don't think that obsession is a bad thing. I think that in order to be a successful entrepreneur, in order to get success with this business, this whole life, um, from an entrepreneurial perspective, you have to be fucking obsessed. Like, you have to be obsessed. If you're not, you're not going to make it. But it's about managing that obsession and making it healthy. Um, and knowing when to almost, like, go down that rabbit hole, when to push and when to pull. Now, my point with this is that, like, I'd let that obsession over overtake me, overwhelm me to the point that I was like, if I took my business away from me, what do I do? Who am I? I was like, I don't do anything. And I remember having a conversation with my partner where I'd, I'd been doing nothing but work. I was really struggling to sleep, um, you know, waking up, but like, you know, I'd get to sleep fine, but I'd be fucking dreaming about my business. I'd be waking up at like three o'clock in the morning, every single, um, every single night, not, not intentionally, but just like my mind would just be racing with everything to do my business. And, and I, I got to the point where I then like realized like, why, why am I so obsessed with this? Why am I working so hard? Why am I filling every waking hour with working on this business? And I realized, I went to my partner, I said, because I haven't got anything else to do. I don't do anything else. That if you take away my business, I don't do anything. Well, I do now. I've made sure of that. But I didn't. I didn't do anything else. So my point was that what I'd done, actually I'll get to what I did in a sec. But I, I was at an event in Orlando uh, back in September. And this is where it all started to change for me. And uh, I was in Orlando, and I was at this amazing event, uh, Funnel Hacking Live, Russell Brunson's event, just amazing. Um, I was there for a week, and there's a guy on the stage, his name's Garrett J. White, okay? You can love him or hate him, he's very, um, fucking very to the point. 
takes no prisoners, tolerates no shit. But um, he did a talk. It was probably the most powerful keynote I've ever seen. 90 minutes. He was actually the only person who was allowed to swear at that event. So <laughs> four days, no swearing. Only person who was allowed to swear. And uh, he probably needed to, to be fair. But he said this point where the whole theme of the whole, like, the whole week was really around how your business needs to be based on you. How that, like, fundamentally us as coaches, experts, we need to be a walking advertisement for um, for the life that we can create for someone. Because fundamentally, our role as coaches is really to show someone how they can improve the quality of their life. We will just do it different ways. So, like, you know, as fitness coaches, we do it through improving their health. Um, business coaches do it through improving the quality of the business. Life coaches through life. Whatever. But we're all in the game of improving the quality of life of our clients. And he was saying that that needs to be based on you. So you need to be a walking advertisement for the life that you can create. And then he asked this question, which was so profound. Which was, are you living a life you would want someone else to live? And I was like, shit. Wow. Heavy. No, absolutely not. I'm tired. I'm burnt out. I don't see my friends. I don't see my family. All I do is work. I'm earning all this money, but I have nothing to spend it on. And yeah, I got to this point where I was like, right, am I living a life I would want someone else to live? I'd never considered the life I wanted to live. I'd only considered the business I wanted to create. Um, and part of that, in all honesty, was probably because of what was actually driving me. That what was driving me was to escape and to run away. That like, you know, I've always been a misfit. I've always been an outcast. I... Um, I never really kind of fitted in at school. I went to four different schools in five years. I always kind of played up. I was never really accepted. I was told I was the stupid kid. Um, and yeah, and I was very much like, even when I started my business up, I was 22. Uh, just come out of uni. Everyone else is partying, enjoying themselves. And I'm up till one o'clock in the morning writing recipes. And I was doing something completely different. I never really fitted in. But like my driver was to prove people wrong. And look, it was a very, very powerful driver for a long time. And it certainly got me to where I needed to get to, but it took me as far as it could. And the problem was it took me to a place where I created a life to give me the business that I wanted. And actually, when I asked the question, it was, do I actually want that business? Why do I want that business? But then secondly, I got it the wrong way around. I should have actually created a business to give me the life that I wanted. Because your business needs to be a vehicle to give you the life that you want and to allow you to become the best version of yourself that you can be. And the problem was that I'd done the other way around. I hadn't taken anything into consideration regarding how I actually wanted to live my life and how I actually wanted to operate. And this brings me to my main point of what I wanted to talk about today is that remember, with your business, your coaching business, you can run it however way you want to fucking run it. The, 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 the fitness industry can be very good I'd say, right, you want to run your business, you have to do it like this. You want to bring clients in, you have to do it like this. You want to work with your clients, you have to have check-ins like this. And it's amazing because I see so many coaches in so many mentorships. And it's quite funny because I can actually almost like tell you what mentorship they're in. From what their business looks like, what their content looks like, how they talk. So they're all like carbon copies of each other. I'm like, where's the uniqueness? They will say the same fucking thing and speak in the same sort of language. I'm like, oh, just clones. But my point with this is that I had a um, I had a client, still one of my clients now, um, so one of my coaches, 
And then he used to do his check-ins on a Sunday. And I was like, right, okay. Do you like doing your check-ins on a Sunday? He was like, absolutely not. It's the last thing I want to do is do check-ins on a fucking Sunday. And I said, I said to him, dude, no disrespect, but your clients, the last person they want to hear from on a fucking Sunday is you. Because when you check in, they're knee-deep in Yorkshire puddings and, and roast potatoes, and they're probably tacking into their second uh, second serving of dessert after um, after their Sunday lunch. And the last person they want is for you to come in. So I said to him, I said, look, he, he kind of didn't really believe me fully, but I said, right, what I want you to do is go into your Facebook group and put a poll in there saying, I'm thinking of changing check-ins from Sunday. What's everyone's thoughts? Every single one of them said, I don't want to hear from you on a Sunday. And I was like, dude... You don't want to work on a Sunday. They don't want to hear you from a su- on a Sunday. Let's stop working on a fucking Sunday. So my point is almost that like, if you're doing check-ins on a full day because you've been told by a mentor that you have to do check-ins on a full day, but you don't like it, stop fucking doing it. All your check-ins do, and all the parts of your program do, is they solve a specific problem. So what's the problem that a check-in is serving? Well, um, solving, it's, it's really solving the, the point of just seeing how they're getting on and making sure that your client feels the love and know that you're in there. Now, doing check-ins and sitting there all day and getting people to fill out type forms, that's one way of doing it. But there is a better way of doing it. My point is go, right, okay, how do I want to solve this problem? How do I actually want to deliver it? How do I want to do it? I can still solve that problem, but it doesn't have to be done the way that I've been told that it has to be done. So my point is that if you're sacrificing a whole day to do check-ins, for example, if you're having one-to-ones consistently, if you're constantly feeling like you're a slave to your clients because they're constantly messaging you, change it. Think about, right, okay, ask yourself the question, is there a better way of doing this that allows me to still live the life that I want to do, make sure that I can still solve the problem and deliver the best possible service that I can? And a, a question you need to consistently ask yourself is, how can I scale this thing how can i work with more people in a more time efficient manner in a way that costs me less energy gives me more time without compromising the quality of the service so think about that and if you can think about that you'll come up with solutions and you'll come up with solutions trial them they'll probably fail but then off the back of that then going go okay where did that for oh, i could tweak it that way then you get to a point where you're like shit i've got energy So my point is, it's your coaching business. It is your business. So if it's your coaching business, run it how you want to run it. Again, I've got an amazing client. Fabulous. And she's very spiritual. And she goes to these um, these connection circles. And it's kind of like hoodoo and witchcraft. And I was saying to her, I was like, that's got to be in your program. Now, the question is that she'll probably have in her head was, but no one's ever said I could potentially do that. I'm like, I don't care. It's your business. Do you believe that incorporating those connection circles has improved the quality of your life? Has it allowed you to progress your journey? She's like, absolutely 100%. Spirituality has been one of the number one things that's allowed me to heal and allowed me to actually like function at the level that I am. So I'm like, well, that needs to be within your program. And our face literally lit up. I was like, oh my God, I could hold my own socials, like my own connection circles. Like, yeah, and you should. So my point is that You just need to make sure that what you're doing is helping someone. The way that you do it is irrelevant. But make sure you're doing it in a way that excites you, in a way that doesn't take energy from you, that doesn't take time from you, and more importantly, is done in a way that gives you the life that you want. Okay? Because we also need to make sure that as entrepreneurs, that we we have a life away from this thing. 
We can't attach our identity solely to this business because otherwise we can get truly lost. And that's certainly a trap that I've fallen into. And, and it's a trap I really hope that you don't fall into. So if you could do me one favor, please consistently ask yourself the question, am I living the life I would want someone else to live? And more importantly, before you go out and set your goals from a business perspective, uh, the direction that you're going in, first of all, the number one step is figuring out what's the life I want to live. What is the life that I want to live? And then gear your business, structure it in a way that is still going to give you that life. Because you could go, right, okay, I want to earn a million pounds. Okay, that's awesome. But we've got to make sure if you want to earn that million pounds, it's done in a way they're still going to allow you to live your, your life the way that you want to. Do you know how I measure the success of my business? Not through how much money I earn, but through how many times a week I play golf. That's it. When I'm not playing golf, I'm not being successful. When I'm playing golf, I'm successful. Why? Because that's the life I want to live. My business allows me to do that. Have a great day.